Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Welcome to the RuPaul's Drag Race Recap Show for Season 16, Episode 5, titled Girl Groups. My name is Joe Batanz, and I am joined, as always, by two very lovely co-hosts. I'm very nice today. First, from Bravo, Bravo, effing Bravo, please say... Los gringos están peleando. <laughs> to Nathan Patrick Brown. Hello, Nathan. Hey, Joe. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm great. <laughs> is this gonna you, oh, have, you ever been, have you been on a show since then no but i have been watching that clip on repeat i love it all right very good and you know him blast from the past from drag race recap and the rumor mill please say i don't get nervous i get dropped dead scared <laughs> to the one the only i have that's amore for Mr. Evan Ayers. Hello, Evan. How are you? Hi, Joe. Uh, and Nathan. Hello, friends. Yeah, hello, everybody. Welcome to Na- to Evan Ayers. Who's gonna, who's, when was the last time you were on a recap episode? Um, It was season 10, which was like... Was that really God, your last one? M- maybe a lot. You know what? There were as many episode, seasons between last time I was on and now that there were like when we first started, when I first started doing this with you. Wow. You might be right, actually. That's crazy. Yeah. It's been a long time. Yeah. So, hi. I'm- and did you miss it? Um, I, I actually did miss it. We'll see how I feel towards the end of this call. But Yeah. I remember, um, you know, Nathan, Evan and I went to see, we went. We were at the season 10 uh, finale together. And actually, yeah. if you watch season 10's finale, there's a, they did a long shot of us going into commercial. Me and Evan were right in the center. And I had somebody call me, uh, yeah, a couple of years ago and be like, were you at the season 10 finale? And I was like, oh, yeah. Uh-huh. It was, like, right after, um, like, Eureka segment. We, like, that's how I remember the benchmark. It was, and that, yeah, that's where we show up. Yeah, which is funny because it's not real. That, that, that what, what they filmed is not to show you how put together this is. That wasn't really a reaction to Eureka. That was us before the show. They have you do a lot of reaction, uh, fake reaction mm-hmm. shots. Like pretend you're scared or pretend you saw something funny or pretend you saw something shocking. So we're laughing, but it's a fake laugh. Wow. Reality TV is such a scam. Behind the mirror. Yeah. It was so fun, though. I, that's like one of my favorite memories. It was. It was a really good time because, you know, uh, uh, Sirius XM got us the tickets and we were milling in the VIP section with all the drag queens. And Evan, you were a little scared to talk to them, weren't you? Like you were kind of a little shy. Yeah, well, no, I just was more of like, they're not here for me. I'm not, nothing I say is going to be super like exciting to them. They're, what am I going to say? Like, you're so pretty. Like, yeah, that's it, how I, I feel I knew, talking to Joe and Lori. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, I knew my place amongst them. So I was just there to observe and to uh, appreciate. You know, what's really funny is you would think with all the drag queens that were there, and they were all there, the big ones were there. 
I would say actually season 10 might be one of the last, maybe season 11 where like a lot of big drag queens showed up is I felt like Evan was the most gagged by Mrs. Kasha Davis, which I think is a funny sort of interesting thing. What was she there? Yeah, she was there. And I remember you were pretty gagged. No, I was gagged when I got to talk to her on this, on this podcast. Remember we interviewed her. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I thought, I thought that was cool. Um, But yeah, no, I don't remember who I was most gagged by. I think I was, I was gagged by Jeffrey Boyer Chapman not being friendly. He wasn't friendly? And then I was gagged that, no, and I was gagged by Gus Kenworthy, like how incapable he was of reading his lines. He literally had like his, <laughs> he had his cue card. He remember he did that questionnaire and he could not read the question right? I, I have no memory of any. I don't remember Gus, I didn't remember Jeffrey Boyer Chapman being there. Yeah, he was there. It was, it was before Canada's Drag Race, so he was still What, happened, um, what, yeah. what did he do that wasn't friendly? Well, he was just in line for a drink and was just like very standoffish. And I was like, you know, we're Ugh, what a cunt. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, um, well, by the way, just th- we had a very interesting conversation about what Evan's been up to. That was an interesting conversation. Then we had a conversation with Nathan about what he's been up to. <laughs> and you could hear all of this. Oh, Lori called me and threatened to punch me in the face <laughs> next time she sees me. That was, but it all happens on Just Between Us Girls. And you can get that at patreon.com slash afterthoughtmedia. Join at the executive tier and above, patreon.com slash afterthoughtmedia. But let's jump right into the episode this week. The queens publish their memoirs and break up into girl groups. On the runway, the category is Faster Pussycat Wig Wig. Geneva, Maya, Nymphia, and Megami are named the winners of the challenge, while Q and a mandatory meeting are placed in the bottom two. After a lip sync battle for their lives, Q was told, Shantae, you stay, while Amanda was asked, to sashay away let's start with oh yeah let's start with our very uh good friend evan Ayers. we're gonna go first here unless evan you know by the way everyone a couple of years ago evan told me he doesn't listen to the show because it's too negative so maybe he hasn't listened to an episode you know evan because you said that actually i changed the question it's no longer oh, good. two things you liked and one thing you didn't it's now two things you hated and one two things you didn't like it's just like name all the things you hated no it's um <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the name of the show now. Um, <laughs> what did you think of the lip sync, and did the right queen go home? If you need Nathan no. to go first, I can let him. Oh no, I do not. I thought the wrong person went home. Absolutely. I I I, I think it makes sense that a mandatory meeting was eliminated between the two of them. I think that Q's body of work has stronger this season. But I do not think that there is a there is not a single ounce of editing that could make me believe that a mandatory meeting lost that lip sync. There's just no way. It's funny that I have sort of the same opinion as you do. All right, Nathan, what, we, what about you? I totally agree. I really ended up love, loving Amanda. I didn't think I would. I hated her in the Meet the Queens, but I grew to really appreciate her. And looking at that lip sync, I thought I thought she did win it. And so, as as you said, I see why they did they did that, but it feels a bit shady. I'm going to tell you guys, you guys have the correct answer. (laughs) The correct answer is, you know, that it, I will say the lip sync was sort of close, but no, Amanda, Amanda Tory meeting took it hands down. Look, here's the deal. The reason Q was in the fucking bottom was because the bitch can't can't dance. dance. Mm -hmm. Right. And now you're saying, oh, because they both knew the words. So they're equal, they're equal there. They're not uh, mirage. They both knew the words. They had the words down. They both had the charisma. 
So what's going to come down to? The dancing. And Amanda was the best dancer of the cast, and you have her against the worst dancer of the cast. Mm -hmm. And you're right. It's one of those cases where the body of work, that I haven't worded it very well, the body of work is what saved Q. So there you go. Let's move on. That, that was, you know. All right. After Mirage's elimination, the queens enter the room devastated by Mirage's elimination. Later, Q cries about her lack of a win. Meanwhile, Plane makes her feelings known, and that rubs some of the queens the wrong way. It's a new day in the workroom, and Plane gives Amanda a backhanded compliment. Next, RuPaul enters the workroom to announce this week's mini challenge. The girls need to get into quick drag for a cover shoot and create a title and author bio for their hypothetical memoir. After the photo shoot, Safir Crystal is named the winner of the mini challenge. Let's throw it back to Nathan. Nathan, your thoughts here on everything that happened after the elimination and then the next day. Yes, so I think the tall poppy syndrome is kicking in for me with this cue because as soon Can as she started- Can you remind me of tall poppy syndrome yeah. again? And that's, that's an Australian That's term. this thing that us Australians have where as soon as someone starts like big noting themselves or getting too big for their britches, just like they, they succeed too much. We don't like them and we want to take them mm -hmm. down and cut them apart. Yeah. And I'm feeling yeah. that with Q Ooh. because when she's crying about not winning, I just think it's so entitled. And I agreed with Plain what she said. I don't think it was Plain's place to say it. Like, I think if anyone should be upset, it should have been Geneva because she should have been like, yeah, I've lip synced every episode I've been in. And like, I, I don't really appreciate you whinging about being second. But yeah, as soon as Q did that, I looked at her in a different way and I was sort of like, you're overrated and I'm sick of you. And um, I hope that's not too negative for you, Evan. No. What did you think, Evan? Um, I thought that she said her, I mean, this was the episode of Mr. X. And so, like, I thought that- like, Who's she? <laughs> Who's Mr. X? <laughs> she was the queen that molested someone and didn't get on. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. She, uh, yeah. She was a queen from season um, UK5. Um, yeah. yeah, I, I get where Q's coming from, but it's just like, read the room. Like I just mm -hmm. read, like I said, like you said, I think Geneva could have definitely been the one to have anything to say. It's one of the few times where I actually was like, you know, plain Jane is an absolute cunt, but I agree with her in this case. And so, yeah, didn't, didn't love, it was not a good look for Q, but I can also like, with our drag queens, they're self-centered. Like it's, you, you want, what's she going to be? They can't all be Maya upon. LePage and just not say anything. So I'm glad she's giving us some sort of arc. <laughs> Listen. Oh boy. First of all, let's just talk about this Geneva when they come in, right? <laughs> Poor Geneva. She's sitting there by the mirror. Can you imagine you've just this remember, this is very soon, this is right after, you know, the they've danced off the stage, okay? It's just finished. And they're all standing in the room. The crying, right? Everyone's crying because essentially they're saying, we wished you would have gone home. <laughs> and they're like, oh my mm. God, Mirage is gone. <laughs> I can't believe this. <laughs> Our queen, we love you. And Geneva's just standing there like waiting to wipe the lipstick off. And she finally says like, you can tell like, it's almost like, yeah, guys. Yeah, we don't want anyone to go home. But, you know, someone has to go home. And I'm like, oh, God. It's so <laughs> awkward for her. Now, going to the queue going on and on about being at the top and not winning. That was so cringy. It was it was giving Jan. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> mm. It was giving dry Jan Uary. Okay. <laughs> and and I was like, and so I'm gonna be honest with you guys. I'm gonna tell you something. <laughs> and it goes episode by episode. <sighs> Plain Jane is my hero this week. 
she is my hero because I'm going to tell you something, Nathan. Mm-hmm. I didn't catch this. I mean, I obviously understood when I was watching the show the first time. But when I watched it the second time, when I really caught it, is this is why Q was mad. I didn't real. I mean, I realized it on the first watch. But now knowing everything that I knew, watching it a second time and being like, this is why Q was like, I'm so hurt that you said <laughs> it. Because here's the thing. Everybody was saying what Plain Jane was saying in the confessionals. Plain Jane is the only person articulating in the room what everybody is thinking, but they're they're clutching their pearls because she said it. And I'm going to tell you something. She's being a bitch. She's being a cunt. But we were all thinking it and so when she says oh this is why q's mad at her it's so silly now i'm i'm not one of these people this is a very taylor thing taylor i love you but i am like taylor will be oh okay let me tell you what it is first a mandatory meeting for the first of two times broke the fourth wall i loved it which is a cute thing but the reality show producers don't like it yeah the 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 office look at the camera is not their favorite thing. They don't like it. They don't want you breaking the fourth wall. They don't want you breaking the illusion that there's like an invisible eye. Like maybe once in a while, like when a door did it, it's cute, right? But Amanda did it once, and I was like, okay, right? She does it again later, all right? She did mm-hmm. it once this year when she was talking about, oh, because remember after the Plain Jane thing, she and Q congregate, and they're like, right? This is what I'm talking about. Like, Plain, plain Jane full-on bullies Amanda, all right? This is yeah. full-on out, right? It's not the same as what happened with Q. I think she was actually like, oh, my God, give it a rest. Because that's what Q, everyone, people who didn't watch the episode, Q was bitching and crying. I wouldn't say bitching, literally crying, tears coming down from her face because she's been in the top three times but hasn't won. Meanwhile, this Geneva car has <laughs> lip synced every episode she's been on. One of them was because she won, but... Um, has lip synced every episode she's been on and she's like going on and on about how she hasn't won and it's not a good look. I'm going to tell you this. Okay, now the next day, the mini challenge, even coming into the room when they come into the room the next day, did, they, did you have any thoughts, Evan, on this? About the waiting for the... No, I not really. I mean, I I don't really have any... I'm, I have no, like thoughts on the mini challenge but not what happened beforehand. Nathan? Well, just that I hate playing. Like, I I was on her side with the Q stuff, but when she starts coming for Amanda, it just really turns me off. And I think maybe it's because I relate to Amanda because I know what it's like to have a troll call out your name, like, out of nowhere and come for you. Like, I've, I, I've had that experience just quite recently. Yeah, I think I just had it right now. Yeah, so, um, <laughs> I, I don't like this plain Jane. I think she's a cunt. What, let me ask you this. What if she came on here and said- I'll show you my pits. Well, I can still appreciate a good pit, but like, I, I think she's <laughs> evil. And if, if you were to say to me, oh my God, bad news, plain Jane died. I'd say, oh, well, like I hate her. Evan, I know you can't, I, Evan, I know you can't comment. Okay. I know you can't comment on what I'm going to say, but do you think people from Massachusetts are just evil? <laughs> no, I actually think some people from Massachusetts are great people. I think, I think Boston has like a reputation for just like kind of being like a very, I think Boston is what people think New York is like when it comes to like being unfriendly and like kind of like toxic. Like there's that's no offense if you're from Boston, but like that's just the stereotype, and I think you can you can mask behind it. Um, I I like I love playing as a character, but what's interesting is that like we're 
like we're not seeing her we're not seeing any resolution to it like i mean she's bullying amanda and then amanda just leaves so we're never going to get to tie this up so she's just oh, being a bitch yeah. to this person so i have a thought about that to, yeah yeah but i mean i'm glad that i i like this kind of drag race more than last season where it was like mrs isabel brooks who was very funny and like cutting up and you know having drag race drag queen banter with like you know little splenda and cayenne or whatever their names were Mm-hmm. And no, those were their names. It. Yeah, <laughs> so like right. I'll take this. I'll take this any day. I'll like I'll, I would much rather watch someone like Plain Jane than than someone who doesn't know how to perform. Yeah, I will say it was sort of weird when um, I think Amanda calls her Jane and she goes, "It's plain." I'm like, first of all, it's a made up name. Okay, yeah. it's not real. Like uh, uh, that part really annoyed me. Like, you're, you're no one's name is plain. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you're uh, Juju B. Well, no, but her name, but her name is her name is spelled P L A N E, like an airplane, not P L A I N. So I know. What what's um what's uh this uh, Juju B's real name again? It's airline. airline. Yeah, airline, yeah. It's incredible. Anyway. Um all right, let's go to the mini challenge. Nathan, did you have any thoughts on the mini challenge in general? Uh Johnny Bananas is back and I'm sick of it. I, I I don't want to say any more bananas. You're talking about leave it at uh, that. You're talking about Nymphia. Yeah, yeah. So I I call her Johnny Bananas now when I'm watching the show. Okay. Did you guys watch House of Villains and the Traitors? I'm watching the Traitors. So good. Yeah, so good. Yeah. Johnny Bananas is on that. I love him. <laughs> oh, don't get Evan started on Survivor. I I wasn't gonna start about Survivor. I was gonna say my I when Nymphia was eating that banana, all I could say was, "Where did you get a piece of banana?" Oh yeah, <laughs> that's what, okay. And Nathan, this is a good question. This is a good lead into something. Nathan, do you know what Evan is referencing? Yeah, the loaf of bread Jasmine Masters had. Yes, from yeah. season seven. Yes. The, um, what was that mini challenge? It was a dance mini challenge? They were doing the old lady drag or cha cha bitch. Like, was it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It might have been cha cha bitch actually. Um, all right, so you gave your thoughts on the mini challenge, Nathan? Uh, yeah, and also Megami was holding a prop aloft for like that whole segment. You know how I said a few weeks ago she's always holding a fucking prop? Well, she did it here and she does it with the looks again as well. This is Nathan's thing. Evan, what about you? Any big thoughts on uh, the mini challenge? Yeah, I uh, I thought that Megami looked like Staten Island Divine Hooker, or Eeyore was my note. Um, and then Plasma is, I have I have issues with this Plasma girl. Her little e- little Edie impression. I just I'm waiting for her to like inspire me in a way that is not Jinx Monsoon adjacent. So that was my problem. And then she looks like someone who had her eyebrows burned off. She probably did. Yeah, I, I she bugged me. I don't like people generally who give me a student who sits in the front of the class and raises their hands really high energy, and she gives that to me. I don't like it. I don't she, like her. Well, she she embodies a lot of the theater girl uh, yes, stereotypes in this yes. episode. Yeah, she's very theater girl. Yeah, which is, you know, good for you. Good for committing your life to something, but it's uh, it's a lot. I also wrote, if I had to pick a magazine, I would pick Dawn's. Because it said, uh, a magazine for someone who had a mental breakdown and a self-diagnosis. I could help write that magazine in a heartbeat. <laughs> okay, well, we'll have to get you a copy. Now, let me tell you something. This pit crew photographer... Oh, also, my question real quick. Um, for the, the prize... RuPaul really couldn't be bothered to just sign 16 books. Like, no. she's only going to sign one and give it to Sapira. Yeah, can you imagine that's your prize? A signed copy of a book? You know it's not going to be personalized. Oh, no. I remember. remember yeah, it's going to be It's gonna be like, here, Emerald, love RuPaul. Like, she's going to, like, she has no idea who this person is. Um, yeah, Raja talked about, like, how in season three, like, Ru, like, gave them all, like, personalized gifts. 
and like they had all these like special connections and now the, a prize is a book that had not probably even been like finished yet and they plugged this in yeah anyway thought that was funny but that's and two thousand dollars so two thousand dollars yeah, so you, you can... get to two thousand dollars yeah i want to bring this up I, this is my megami's always holding things which is nathan's <laughs> pet thing <laughs> is when geneva Carr walked in or we didn't want to meet the queens i meet the queens or somewhere she said i'm geneva Carr. People call me for some reason, vroom, vroom. And I was like, and she's like, as if like people put this on her. Meanwhile, any fucking chance she gets to put any vroom, vroom on anything, she does it. And she did in this, on the magazine, vroom, vroom, this and vroom, vroom. I think it comes up in the, in the, in the girl group challenge. She puts it in her lyric. I'm like, it sounds like you want the vroom, vroom. I think it's because she's always commuting from Staten Island to New York City. I think that's because the sound that the deportation bus is going to make when they, when Greg Abbott sends her to um, New Hampshire or wherever. Um, okay, oh, what's wrong, Evan? <laughs> you miss being on Drag Race recap? No, I, I I like it. I'm already getting a little negative. I love it. Yeah, you like toxic environments? Yeah, it's kind from Jack Morta Boulay herself. Yeah. <laughs> Next, RuPaul announces this week's Maxi Challenge. The girls will form into three girl groups, write and record original verses for an assigned RuPaul track, and choreograph a group performance. Safira, Plasma, and Geneva are named team captains, and the teams are as follows. For QDSM, they're going to be singing Star Baby, and that's going to be Safira, Dawn, Morphine, and Q. Uh, the Love of Girls, and they're going to be singing Courage to Love. That's Plasma, a mandatory meeting, Tsunami Muse, and Plain Jane. And finally, you have Thick and Stick, ASMR lovers, what they're singing, and Geneva, Maya, Nymphia, and Megami are the girls in that group. Anything on the Maxi Challenge? There's nothing on the Maxi Challenge announcement or the choosing the teams or anything. Do any of you have anything on that? I appreciate that Plasma put Amanda and Plain in the same team. I thought that was good producing. So they announce the challenge, and then they go to the workroom. Did you have any big thoughts on this, uh, Evan? No, I... I I couldn't really handle the Megami crying over being picked last and what that. Wait, like, well, why? Let me ask you why you couldn't handle it. It's because someone has to get picked last. Like what? This doesn't need to be a dissertation about your entire life. Like it's just a challenge, Merit. Like you haven't lost anything. Mm. You're not in the bottom. Like I, I, it's and then they cut to her crying in the confessional. So she was still crying about it the next morning when they had her in the interview chair. It's just a lot. It's a lot of emotion for not even starting the challenge. And she did say like, oh, I just, I get, I'm used to being picked last. I always get picked last. I'm thinking, when are you in a lineup getting picked? Like, I can't remember the last time I was in a lineup getting picked. See, this is, I'm going to tell you guys something. This is why I, you know, Evan told me that our show is too mean. And this is a genuine, this is not something that I concocted for today. I thought a lot about this because now, I will say the way it comes up is Nymphia makes it because what happens in the scene is Geneva Carr is, you know, going like, oh, my God, I'm so glad I chose you, Nymphia, because you're good at this. And Maya, thank God you're going to choreograph and I'm going to do this. And then Nymphia is asking, I think genuinely, oh, why did you pick Megami? And because she immediately goes like, oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> right. And Messy that's bitch. when Megami like tears up. Either she's, you know what, one of two things, either Nymphia is a fucking sneaky ass fucking assassin, right? Or she was genuinely like, like, you know, uh, realize what she said. 
And um, Megami got so emotional in the in the room and on the confessional. And I was actually thinking, I think we naturally have a tendency to uh, judge people because they don't fit a certain mold, if you will. Mm -hmm. So we have a tendency to judge people. You know, you know, we were having this conversation. I feel bad for people listening later. When you're listening right now, Evan dropped for whatever reason. He'll come back. But um, but because it's going to sound like I'm saying something about Evan. He's not here, which I am. But just because we have to keep going is he's very negative. And just between us girls, we had a conversation about how I think Evan only, or not just Evan, but a lot of gay men like this Mateo Lane, just because they think he's hot, that he really isn't that funny. And for those of you who are gonna fucking fight with me, go watch the Trader (laughs) Joe's video. Okay, the one he goes to Trader Joe's. It's one of the least funny things I've ever seen in my entire life. Is Mateo Lane doing his classic comedy bits at Trader Joe's? All right. And I, I think I'll say I won't say he's not funny. I'll just say he's very overrated because he wears a crop top and uh, is cute. OK. Mm-hmm. And so I think notice how much grace we give him because he's attractive. And I, and I even did a Rulaska thoughts about this. And I think the opposite could be true is how we, little grace we give people because we're not attractive. Because we as gay people, not only do we get to choose our families, we also... All of us, you know what? I will say this. I shouldn't be so, I don't know what the, I lost my word right here, but I shouldn't be so definitive if you want another better word, but you know what I mean for about this. But like, definitely if you are a queen who is um, 30 and older, um, Evan's back. I'm not trying to be definitive, but if you're over 30, then we all lived in a time where being gay made you immediately the outcast. And even if you were out or not out, you were an outcast. So even if you weren't, you know, theoretically chosen last on the basketball team, just by the nature of being either a closeted gay or an out gay when you were young, you were chosen last. You were disregarded. You It does not feel good. It's a collective thing that gays, especially of a certain age and older, and not very old, um can relate to maybe even and there's a lot of gays even depending on where you live in this country who are 16 years old and feel this way and so i think what we're seeing is megami expressing a collective pain that we all feel and i think that we have an impulse because she's a busted queen is to be like oh that fucking bitch stop crying you know, this is a good Rulaska thoughts topic. Do you think she's busted? I don't think she's busted. Girl, this outfit that she wore this week <laughs> on the runway. I didn't say that this it looked, outfit it, it looked like someone told me last minute, Megami <laughs> fell down and we need to swing you in to be, to be Megami. And I'm like, grab oh, a prop just, to hold I a lot. I just went and grabbed an outfit, whatever I had and put it on. I did not say that this week's look was bust, not busted. Cause this book, this was rotted, but I don't think she overall, she's not busted, but uh poor thing joe i think you're on to something but the thing with megami is it seems to be all the time if it was just you got picked last and you want to whinge about it sure but she was whinging about the raider queen results she's whinging on twitter now about people not taking her seriously and underestimating her and it's like just you know just well, get out there and you do your best that. and show and us and i'll cover it when we cover the thing is i saw i saw a tweet she did earlier about all the lyrics she wrote and at first i was like okay we get it megami all right but then I saw the work and I was like, oh, I think she really did do a lot of work. She did. And and then and then Nymphia Wynn like is even like tweeted like, hey, she wrote all my stuff. 
But yeah, some, well, it makes maybe a little me, like I can't talk, and then all of a sudden she has these great lyrics. Yeah, which makes me think that uh, Megami asked her to post it. She's like, hey, "I've got, I've got three wins already. Like, I don't really need credit <laughs> yeah. for this one." Cut to Megami wrote the tweet for her. So I wrote this tweet for you. Can you post it? Anyway, so now I go back to, to, to circle back. Now I want to go back to the workroom. Dawn is wearing this like bandana around her head. I'm like, she looks. Like she, after she's done with Drag Race, she's gonna go sew a dress for Cinderella. That's what she looked like. <laughs> Didn't she look like she was like, oh, is she gonna go like go sew a dress for Cinderella? Um, um, is in this scene, Amanda breaks the fourth wall a second fucking time. Mm-hmm. They had to have a mandatory meeting about recording. Yeah, ethics. Man- yeah we didn't have a mandatory meeting, but you breaking the fourth wall. And I, I pretty much said everything on this. Uh, on this topic. All right, why don't we do this? Why don't we take a break? When we come back, we're going to talk about the rest of the episode and we're <laughs> going to talk about it right after the break. All right, the girl groups take the main stage to rehearse their choreo on Team Plasma. Plasma talks too fast, Tsunami stumbles, and Amanda impresses the other group. Later, Maya whispers the choreo to Team Geneva, and Nymphia reveals she's a dancer. Finally, Morphine teaches Team Sephira some moves, but Q's steps appear stilted. Let's go with Nathan first. Nathan, any any thoughts on this choreo rehearsal? Just that I loved it. I've said before that I love when the other queens get to watch them rehearse. I was sad we didn't get like a vocal like recording rehearsal that we didn't say that, but th- this choreography segment was really fun. And I am loving Maya's low energy. I'm starting to find that really funny. <laughs> the fact that she's up there whispering, like I was dying. And also morphine has become likable to me. I- I'm enjoying morphine's commentary. Surprise, yes. surprise. Yeah. She's growing on me. Evan, what about you? Were your thoughts on the choreo? Yeah, um, have you guys seen this, the the meme of um, Morphine, who like, looks like the ladybug from A Bug's Life? Yes. Like, and so, like, when she's wearing that, she's wearing all red in this horror <laughs> and that's all I see is, like, the little ladybug. Um, yeah, I find, I find her incredibly endearing, and it's nice to, like, see someone who's, like, a low queen, like, pop in and, like, kind of give great, great uh, contributions to, to, uh, What's the word of it? A choreography. Um, what else did I think? I could I could not with plasma. The the not only not only doing the most, but then explaining the term. Like this is what we call a contagion. Like yeah. girl, you you're a contagious. Like just relax. <laughs> and I'm so glad that was it Safira that was in her group that was like, you need to slow down. Like who's actually in a girl group? Was that are they were they in the same group? Nah, maybe. No, maybe somebody did somebody yes. did tell her to slow down. I don't remember who it was. Yeah, it may have been Zunami. So whoever it was, I was like, thank you for saying that, because I feel like I just turned the uh, the speed up on my, my playback. Um, yeah, and then the other thing I thought was, I I don't know if Maya like even realizes that she was intentionally whispering <laughs> for the song, ASMR, but very brilliant. Uh, but, yeah. Um. Okay, listen here. Uh-oh. No, 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 there's no rant here. But for a lot of people, you know, most of the fans are not big super nerd fans, okay? Most of the fans, they just casually watch it. They might listen to our show, listen to Race Chaser, Sibling Rivalry, all three. And some people don't. 
You know, so they may or may not know that typically when they do these kinds of challenges, it's on the cruise Friday. So the crew and, you know, they get a weekend. And so what happens is on the weekend, they so on Friday they film this and then they have a whole weekend to themselves where they can uh, practice and choreograph. So by the time they come back on Monday, the girls have had two full, two days more to like workshop. That's why the dancers are so much better when you see them. So you guys should keep that in mind in case you didn't know that. Let's talk about Plasma. You're right. Why is she doing the most? I'll tell you. Because she's one of those kids who sits in the front of the room and raises her hand and wants the teacher to know that she asked the questions. She was not choreographing and helping the girls. She was showing the producers, look, I can Mm -hmm. dance and I know what I'm doing. So I'm working really fast. Because the truth of the matter is, if you're the choreographer then your ass is on the line in this girl group. You're folk. I think it was Tsunami, actually, now that you say that. You're focusing on Tsunami Muse because you want to make sure she, that you know Amanda's getting it. You know Plain Jane is getting it. You need to focus on her. You need to make sure she gets it because she's going to be, whoever's the weakest link is going to be the one that drags the group down. So you're, who are you trying to impress that you're going fast and that like you're a real, you're a Broadway dancer, you're a theater performer. This is how fast you perform. As we've seen before, that's very Todrick Hall behavior. That is not, um, what's the name of the choreographer that I like? Jamal. Jamal Sims. Jam- it's not Jamal Sims. Jamal Sims would work with her. Todrick would do this really fast using a lot of term shit. No, no plasma. And that's what Maya does. Maya was like, I'm going to bring it down to their level. And so we can all do it and be cohesive. And then they ended up looking better because she didn't overcomplicate it. And I thought that was really well, good. Well, I also think there was a cut. Co- we didn't see it as much, but I think Nymphia came in and helped a little bit too. Evan, you wanted to say something. What were you going to say? Yeah. Well, and it's, I think it also just shows like, I mean, I don't want to be a total hater because like Plasma is very talented. Like there's no denying she's actually got some like, great looks. She's a very talented singer, performer. But like you can tell her age when she like she just can't help herself. Like I think some of these other queens like Safira and even um, uh, Nymphia, like they they could they eventually did step in, but they knew how to like tone it back because they don't they don't have like Plasma doesn't have the awareness that the more she shows off, quote unquote, and gives her little like honey boo boo, like I know everything, I'm gonna perform for you. She doesn't know those that like she had no idea that they're gonna be making fun of her, and the editors do not care about her being talented there's nothing special there's a million there's 30 hundred million of her of in new york city right now that could be on that show there's one every season and so she doesn't realize that by acting that way or you know kind of just letting it all hang out she's setting herself up so i it's not that like it's not that she herself is annoying but she allows us to she enabled that edit and so it's just insufferable to watch as a viewer (laughs) No, you're right. I was, I was like, oh, I just want to punch her in the face. <laughs> anyway, uh, Q foreshadowing her own fate when she's making fun of Amanda and talking about how she's going to be in the bottom with her little mean girl click. And yeah. um, But luckily, they're Amanda's friends, so I give it a pass. And then um, Safira gets very upset when she sees that Nymphia can dance. And she talks about like, oh, look at her with the hidden talents. And then she goes, she's playing a game. I'm like, yeah. yeah. You're on a reality competition series, Safira. Yeah. Like, that's her strategy. She has hidden talents. I would have that same strategy. It's better to be, um, uh, what's the word? Why don't I know words right now? Like, oh, better. I'll change it to this. It's better to have low expectations because then you can surpass them. Ugh, so true. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, I also think that for someone like Safira, who they're calling mother for she's 34, which that don't even get me started there. Like that <laughs> she's 34. She's I thought she was like 58. And, <laughs> right. You know, yeah, I, I thought I thought she was older, too. She looks older. But she thinks that she's the I think that entailed that she didn't see anyone else's competition. She thought she was going to yeah. Sasha Colby, these kids. And then she mm-hmm. suddenly realized that some of these younger people that were not in this. She wasn't even in the same group as her. She's yeah. like, OK, now this person actually is a threat and I have to take them seriously. A lot of us for Safira. All right. It's elimination day and the queens get ready for the challenge. Megami vows to show the girls she's a competitor and Geneva wants to avoid the bottom two. Q confronts Plain Jane. Amanda gets hit with some shrapnel and Plain Jane apologizes. Evan, let's start with you. Any thoughts on this elimination day? Yeah. Why are you such a cunt? <laughs> I'm fine. Like, oh. like, why are uh, why are you such a cunt? Like, I don't know you. Oh. Okay. I, yeah. um, I thought... I uh, I thought that was a good for Amanda. I think that tells me that like this was actually a very real like she actually genuinely does not care for her, and so I'm glad that she actually called her out. Um, the, uh, the 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 Q and Plain Jane though, like it just it was like it reminded me of, like the you know those like two girls that are sitting around just saying exactly to each other exactly like they they both see each other like they both think they're both hot and pretty and talented, so they were gonna get over it, but. Uh, it just it it was more of t- I was I left more annoyed for for Amanda right before they perform too so shady Nathan I don't like this plain Jane because what she's doing is she's saying something really cunty but then when Amanda calls her out she's like oh uh, what conversation am I in right now am I talking to Q or am I resolving the issue with you and it's like bitch you brought Amanda up like you looped her into this don't poke the bear and then act all coy when the bear bites back. That's what I don't like about playing. She doesn't stick to her guns. It's like, if you want to be a cunt, be a cunt, but be a better cunt. Because right now you are just being a bully and it's not fun shade. She calls it fun shade, but she's doing that thing where she's hiding it all in a critique. But it's like, no one asked you for your critique. She's, you know, that Taylor Swift lyric, so casually cruel in the name of being honest. She acts like just because like, oh, it's my opinion. It's my opinion. It's like, you don't need to give your opinion to Amanda right now because Amanda doesn't want it. So give it in confessional, give it on Twitter. But right now in the moment, shut the fuck up because I hate you. Thank you. Yeah. I'm going to take these two different cases. One, let's talk about Q. Once again, when I realized the second viewing... Just plain Jane should have never apologized to Q. I stand by 100% what she said to her in the workroom. I would have said the same fucking thing. I might have said it differently. I might have been like, you're bitching because you were in the top three. You know, something sarcastic and mean and cunty. But essentially, she told Q the truth. And maybe Q didn't like to hear it, but she told her the truth. And listen, look, here's the deal, Nathan. I said this before and I'll say it again. And this is why plain Jane, I wouldn't say it's growing on me. This episode this particular episode I'm defending her is she's doing that thing so far that, and she explains this in her confessional during this moment where I'm like, look, if you're going to be a cunt, stand by it and don't back down and don't say the fans are mean to you. Don't say the edits making you look bad. Don't. And so far she hasn't done that. She is letting the, the show speak for itself. She hasn't backed down. She doesn't back down in the show. Uh, she doesn't back down post-show. She is who it is. She is, and she let it all hang out. She said something here 
that I was applauding, literally applauding when she said it, because I think all the drag queens need to take this to heart. This is what she said. I have it right here. When an entertainer puts themselves out on stage, it's fair game to criticize what they put out there. And these drag queens forget this. This new postseason 10 drag queens especially forget this. They want to go out there. They want to do their thing. But nobody can ever say anything. There was a queen. I don't know who she is. I've never heard of her. And maybe she's a famous drag queen. I don't follow these drag queens that aren't on the show. I, only, I have enough with the ones who are on the show. But she made this Twitter post that was long and was essentially about how if if you're not a drag queen, you have no right to criticize any of the girls on RuPaul's Drag Race. Fuck that. No. You went on a real... Now, look. I don't go to their fucking stupid shows, wherever bar shows they go to and judge them. I don't go in there and say anything, right? But what I'm saying is if you choose to go on RuPaul's Drag Race, guess what? You're going to be judged. And I'm going to tell you something. Before you got on seasons 1 through 15, you were judging those queens. So it's a TV show. You, earlier, you guys were talking about this show, Traitors. What if I said to you, oh, you, you're not a traitor. You've never been on a reality show. You have no right to judge these contestants. You have no right to judge people on The Bachelor. You have no right to, talk, to, to say anything about people on Top Chef. You have no right to make fun of uh, William Hung on American Idol. He is? I judge. That's what I do, right? And if you put on it anyway, so the Q thing, she told, you said, Nathan, you literally said, say it behind their backs. <laughs> so, but the difference for me, Joe, is I get what you're saying. And also, have you seen they're now coming for like Bob and Monet for talking about it? So, not even drag yeah. queens can critique drag queens now. I know, but you're right. But it's just like the conversation was between Plain and Q. You don't need to say, oh, I don't respect Amanda's drag in the oh, middle no, of that no, conversation. Not, That's not, not the arena Amanda for it. I'm not on the Amanda one yet. I'm still in Q. Right. I'm still in well, Q. For Q, Plain was correct. <laughs> yeah. For Q, Plain is correct. She should have never apologized. I think she just did it because she was like, okay, I'm coming out as a real bitch here. Kind of dragged in Amanda for no reason, right? So I think I think what she was trying to do was diffuse it with a laugh. Now let's go to the Amanda and Q. You're right. Plain came from Plain Jane came for Amanda, and Amanda reacted. In the in the in the preview for this episode, it made it seem like there was gonna be a big to-do, right? But Amanda just goes like, why are you such a fucking cunt? You know, and then that was it. Now, I'm going to tell you something. I'm yeah, not- we never got an answer on why she's being such a cunt. But you know, here's the thing, though. Is I don't know what to say about this. You're right. I don't know why. Pl- I wish Amanda would have fought for herself more. But here's something that I noticed that was very interesting. You guys can go double check me. In this entire segment, there is never a confessional of Amanda addressing what happened. There's no confessional of Amanda talking about how she felt. There's no confessional of Amanda talking about... Uh, why she did it, why she didn't say anything, what Plain said, how it made her feel. Nothing. There's n- it's silence from Amanda. Um, Q, not Q. Uh, Plain Jane defines the narrative of this entire thing. And I think it's very interesting why the producer, who mandatory, a mandatory meeting has been a major talking head, but in this one moment where she figures in, where you would want to know what Amanda was thinking, it's silence. There's nothing. Because it wasn't the first time it happened. She's already said like a few times, like, why is she doing this? Like, I don't get why she's bringing me into this. So it's like, how many times can Amanda have that same reaction? It's just like, I want to know why Plain is obsessing over it. It's like, yeah, we all thought Amanda was booger at first, like agreed. But it's just like the harping on it is when it becomes bullying. And it's just like, I don't 
know why Plane does that. I already know Amanda's reaction, but I don't know why, where it's coming from with Plane. Look, Evan, you want to say something? What is it? Hey, well, and have you heard, read, I read today or yesterday that there was a, uh, there, uh, I guess Amanda had like, was going through, a di- I was going through, went through a divorce right before Drag Race. And she was in like the, her ex-husband was like very verbally like abusive. And so like, I guess that she talks about how like a lot of the things that plain Jane would say to her, like would her reaction to plain Jane was actually like a good test. And like, she was like her, mm-hmm. she was very like editing herself. Like she was very intentional with how she responded to it. Cause she was used to it. And so maybe it just didn't give as good a TV as, you know, we would have liked. You know what's so funny is I was seeing plain. I'm sorry, Amanda Tori Amini in the news a lot because she came out as trans, and also uh, what you were talking about the divorce. Like, there's a lot of, this, and I should have realized that that was sort of foreshadowing that she was going home. Oh, that Usually she's someone yeah. in the news that much. Yeah, but I didn't yeah. pay attention. I was like, oh, that's weird that she chose this week to what a way trans. <laughs> yeah, I I thought she was going home when she started talking about her OnlyFans ghostwriting. I was like, oh, that's the writing. She's going back to work. Yeah. I thought she was going home when I saw that makeup job she did in the first episode. <laughs> um, all right. <clears throat> let's talk about the girl groups challenge. Um, let's talk about that. For, do, you have, do you have specific notes per group, Evan and Nathan? Or do yeah. you want to just... Did you, okay, what, the QDSM, Star Baby, with Safira, Dawn, Morphine, and Q. Evan, what were your thoughts on this one? Um, I thought that Q... If you close your eyes, Q was amazing. Like I, I am if if like truly if you if this was just the audio Q was fantastic and I know business being in the bottom, um and the other thing I thought was Don if you listen to Don's verse and then if you go back and listen to Utica's verse from season twelve it's very similar like oh really this, it's um, Utica from the small land it just, it just it sounds like very similar and um I adore Utica and I thought Don killed it so those are my two takeaways. I was I also like sadly I love that they didn't even bother to like have someone like pay Leland to produce three like song tracks like they normally do like we already have three shitty songs and they're <laughs> already cleared by the artist so like we'll just use these Nathan yeah I thought this one was pretty low effort like the name QDSM they just did their initials they couldn't even come up with something that was like the red flag for me and then the performance was okay it was a bit mid I thought Safira was really good. I thought Dawn was pretty good as well, but uh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't think they did a good job as being a cohesive group. Um, I'm closer to Evan. I think Q was better than they made it seem. I I don't think she, was she, she wasn't as bad as they said. She wasn't the strongest, no. but she was, they made it seem like she was like, but that outfit was atrocious. They made it sound like she was like pheromone on all stars. Yes. Four. Yes. She's slipping all over the place or whatever. Yeah. yeah or like can't dance. Like. Yeah. Um, and I agree with Nathan. I thought Safira's verse was underrated. Might be the best verse of the whole thing. If I'm being honest with you. Mm-hmm. And I don't think she got enough love for that. All right. Let's go to the next one where we have the love of girls. Uh, where they encouraged to love. That's pla- uh, Plasma, a mandatory meeting, Tsunami Muse, and Plain Jane. Have, uh, Nathan, do you have any thoughts there? Uh, they were all right. I thought there was some nice Corey moments. I think they probably got the worst of the three songs. Like they had the hardest battle with it, I think maybe. Um, but yeah, they were fine. There was some good moments. Evan? Yeah, the, the song was, was horrendous. Um, and I, again, Plasma, Plasma stood out. She looked like a pop star, like that jumpsuit that she had on looked amazing. She sounded great. Um, 
Plain Jane was I. It's funny. I feel like Plain Jane has these like bits of brilliance, like the break my heart or don't break my heart, break my back. Like, I mean, it's probably that's like probably Uber driver humor. So like amongst gay people, but you know, it's like it's like funny to like someone who's never heard it. But so I. She knows to play her strengths, and I think she looked she looked fantastic. But yeah, I agree, the song was terrible, and I think this had a potential to be a disaster. And I don't think a mandatory meeting was that bad either. Though she's no. flipping her wig, and like, yeah, the wig was it like, it's, but it's the whole welcome, it's, you know. It's, it's it's welcome, but also like they've spent so much time showing us how much Amanda was killing it, and then so when and then they broadcast what they show, she didn't still look that bad. Yeah, she looks good. Yeah, they had to justify why they sent her home. Um, because also I would say it's kind of dicky to judge her on the padding. Cause I, when I was watching her oh. move, I think the padding moved cause she was dancing. I don't think yeah. she intentionally put the shitty padding in. I think she put the padding in. She danced her ass off literally. And then when she did that final <laughs> pose, when she did that final pose, the padding was all fucked up because of the dancing. Cause drag queens aren't typically, you know, doing, well, I guess they are actually, but yeah, it, was, it, it wasn't that. It wasn't that big of a mistake. I didn't notice the padding thing until Michelle and they showed us a, a tight shot on it. I didn't notice it at first. Yeah, I didn't see it. But what do I know? Um, all right. Finally, we have Thick and Stick, ASMR Lover with Geneva, Maya, Nymphia, and Megami. Evan, what were your thoughts there? Uh, this was really good. This was, I think, these lyrics were a lot better than the song. I think it. I would have liked to hear it on a not like. Of the three songs, this is like the, I think the best, most memorable like RuPaul song at least. So um, the lyrics were great. I obviously like loved Nymphia. I thought she killed it. And the only one that was like Geneva just didn't. I mean, Geneva sounded great, but I think she was the. If you had to put someone in the bottom, I'd put her there. Um, yeah, it was it was fine. I, I could not with Maya's little Lady Gaga popcorn yellow wig. That was a lot, but. Yeah, I'm talking about Lady Gaga wore that like very specific shade of yellow wig for like four years. No, Evans a Lady Gaga. Evans a, a Gaga stan, a Survivor stan, and a Drag Race stan. So it's combining a lot of these today. Nathan, you have any big thoughts? I loved this one. I I loved it because first of all, it's an underdog narrative, and I love an underdog narrative. And I think it was great to see how shocked everyone else was that they actually did a good job. I thought they were the most cohesive as an actual girl group. Like at least they looked like they were in the same band, which I thought you know gives them easy points because the other two I don't I didn't really get the like you know the family resemblance or whatever. And I thought the choreography was really good for the specific song beats, and like in Megami's verse the the three other three who were like dancing behind her they all like popped you know there was a bit where they like stepped out behind each other and i just thought that was like really good and really well done so they were my favorite also props to all three of these uh, props to all of them there was no one that was like and mamaru i'm gonna snatch the crown and yeah look at these like like there was no like typical <laughs> yeah, so props God. for them for breaking that cycle that alone i'm happy with all right. I, have, I mean, I agree with everything you guys said. So I don't have any really strong thoughts. Let's go on to the looks. I asked both of you to prepare some favorites and some least favorites. Uh, let's start with you, Nathan. What are some of your favorites from this look? I loved Sephora's one where the pussycat wig Sephora, turned in. Sephora, the makeup company? Oh, sorry. Sephira. <laughs> uh -huh. I love Sephira's one because um, the wig turned into the cat with the Dr. Evil thing. Like, I wasn't expecting that. And I just thought it was really just fun. And mm -hmm. I liked... 
in a similar vein, Nymphias, because she had that like vagina on her head. Like, I just think she's next level where she never just does a look. It's always a look with a twist and then like something on top of the twist. So I really appreciated that. Evan? Yeah, um, I actually, I very much agree. I thought Safira, Safira does this amazing thing where she really, she knows how to perform with her face, specifically with her eyes. And like it, she did it in the Break My Soul lip sync where she, like, it's just, it's a way of like, connecting or selling something she the way she turned into dr evil with that wig coming off was brilliant it wasn't the most like groundbreaking dress but for like the prompt loved it loved it loved it agree um nymphia's nymphia's yet to miss on the runway for me so i'm i'm always excited i'm so glad they always put her last i'll be curious if that's a thing throughout the whole season because she is undisputably rocking it um the other thing i had was i actually really did not mind uh a mandatory meetings look I did not think it deserved as much crap as it got. I got it. It was interesting and it was a hell of a lot better to me than what plasma put on her head or, uh, <laughs> so yeah. All right. Take. Now, what about some least favorite looks, Evan? What were some of your least favorite looks? Um, I did not get this, uh, Geneva cars, Lisa Frank print. I just, I don't know. I don't know. It does not do it for me. So that one was kind of a miss. Um, again, I thought that, the the head the wings that put um that were on top of plasma's like wig were distracting and we have to talk about uh about miss magami's uh look and that those <laughs> those those wings on her back i don't know what i god bless her god i wish bless you would have used them and flown away <sighs> they didn't look see they didn't look uh oh uh, yeah i don't know that was that she was a tough one like the mother of the bride and she decides to go fuck the caterer behind the building during the <laughs> wedding. And then she comes back and she's trying to like fix her hair and her dress, but doesn't get it quite right. It's what she looked like. Yeah. It was like, it was like if you order, like if you order like a Tinkerbell for your kid's birthday party, but like they come back from like, yeah. the, you order like, and it's like a girl with a meth problem. And she just kind yeah. of like, yeah. Times Square yeah. Tinkerbell. Yeah. 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 You're right. It's the Times Square Tinkerbell. Nathan, what were some of your least favorites? I thought Myers was the most basic because it was just shoulders and a pussycat wig. There was no twist or extra element that made that like high drag for me. And, you know, as much as Amanda was doing something, I I do have to agree it was a bit confusing because like, like I get that there's the, the faces, but are they eggs? But then they have a wig on it. But then like her face is hatching. So it's like it's hatching and then you see the face, but the other two had a face on them. So I don't, I, it was the faces of it all that really, it, it took me out of it. And I, yeah, I do think it was pretty bad. All right. Very good. All right. On the main stage, RuPaul names Geneva, Maya, Nymphia, and Megami the winners of the challenge. Later, Ru asks the bottom who should go home and why. In the end, Ru follows their lead and places Q and Amanda to a meeting in the bottom two. Uh, forcing them to face off in a lip sync battle for their lives. A song, Emergency by Iconopop. In the end, Q is told Shantae you stay, while a mandatory meeting is asked to sashay away. Uh, ladies, we already gave our thoughts on the lip sync, but do you have any final thoughts on the episode, everything that happened on the main stage, anything anything post-looks? Do you want to start with you, Nathan? Yeah, I love a Who Should Go Home and Why. I always enjoy that. And it made for an interesting convo in Untucked when Q decided to say two names for some reason. And she says Tsunami and Amanda. Oh. And then in Untucked, 
Zunami's annoyed, but then Q is annoyed that Zunami's annoyed. And it's just like, well, what do you, what do you expect? Of course, she's going to be annoyed. You didn't have to throw her under the bus, but you did. So I thought that was fun for Untucked. And also I loved in Deliberations when Rue said that Zunami was a real participant in the challenge. And she said that as if it was a compliment, but I'm like, you're just, you're just saying she participated in the challenge, which I just thought was great. So those are my thoughts. Evan? Uh... No final thoughts. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I so I did not love. Um, I did not. Yeah, the cues bit about like throwing out two names was very Alyssa Edwards. Like the one I want to eliminate is not in this lineup. Like you just didn't. Or is Miss Cracker All Stars Five? Like you don't have to say what was keeping you up at night. You had one chance to, <laughs> or to. You had a chance to piss one person off, and you pissed two people off. Um, I, I always like when the guest judges come back and like sit with the girls and untuck oh, and, but, <laughs> but, but it's typically, it's so funny how like the, like Cameron Diaz is and these huge artists are like the ones that are super fangirling. And then like, I kind of pop just talked about themselves the whole time. They're like, yeah, like we like, we like met 12 years ago and like, we didn't know each other and uh, yeah, we're successful and it's great. And now we're like riding this amazing high and like, okay, time to go. Like there was no, like, same thing it, with this ugly kid from the dear Evan Hansen. He did the same shit. Oh no, he was the old, yeah, he was, yeah, he was only like, well, I was at theater school and then the movie that yeah. I was in wink. And meanwhile, Cameron Diaz and like Lady Gaga are like writing out full dissertations for everyone, how to improve. Because but, they don't yeah. need to prove anything. They are secure in themselves, you know? I want to go back to something Nathan said. He brought up this cue, right? And I'm going to go to a story from the Bible. There's a story in the Bible. It's one of my favorite stories because I feel people violate this all the fucking time. But there's a parable in the Bible about this guy who goes in front of a judge. I think it's like he didn't pay a bill or something like that, right? Like the king. Goes in front of the king. And the king's like, I'm going to throw you in fucking jail, you fucking piece of shit. It's weird that this language is in the Bible. And he's like, you piece of shit, I'm throwing you in fucking jail. You're going to rot there till you pay this debt. And he's like, no, please don't. I have a family. I have kids. I have to feed them. Don't do this to me, please. I beg for mercy. And the king's like, all right, I'm feeling good. Yeah, you can go. Go, go make some money, pay this debt back. But I forgive you, right? And the dude walks outside, sees another guy who owes him money. Mm. And he's like, shakes him down. You owe me money. And he's like, the guy gives him the same speech. Like, please. And he goes, take him away, cops. You know, and the cops come, mm-hmm. fucking take that guy away. And the king sees this. And he's like, I gave you fucking mercy, you piece of shit. Go, you're going to jail now, right? Mm-hmm. It's the same thing with this fucking cue. She mm-hmm. fucking hunts. She's crying because she's at the top. She hunts down this plain Jane. And she's like, you invalidated my feelings. You mm-hmm. invalidated them. How dare you? You, I was upset and you weren't a sister. You invalidated how I felt by telling me the truth. Complaining, I just told you the truth. And she goes, well, it made, didn't make me feel good. And then she says two names on the fucking stage. And this, this uh, tsunami is like, I didn't like that. You did that. She goes, eh, tough shit. Right? Yeah. I did it. Get over it. And I'm like, who the fuck are you? Just two hours ago, you were asking, making uh, Plain Jane apologize to you. And now yeah. we're just a few hours later in the work. And you're like, yeah, fuck you. I said two Read names. the book of Leviticus, cunt. Yeah. Learn a, learn a yeah. lesson from what's a parable, bitch. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like she's reading the book of Genesis. You know what's really funny? This is really <laughs> Bible nerdy. 
there's this Bible theory that three of the books of the Bible, not stole, but took a lot of their stories from the same source. You know what the name of that source is? What? I'm not, I'm not even being funny. Q. They call that source Q. Wow. Shut up. I'm not even being funny. You can look it up. QAnon? Yes, it was QAnon. Wow. And that's, yeah, she, and Evan, you're, people don't know this. Evan went back to DC this week to go to Comet Pizza. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to say what Evan's doing at Comet Pizza, but it's not good. Wait, wait, Evan, what are your, give us your plugs. Um, you can follow me on um, Instagram and Twitter at, at Nobody Cares, N O B O D Y C A Y R E S. Thank you very much for doing Would you come on? Would you come on again, Evan? Yeah. By the way, fun. Evan has a good microphone. He used to be on here, but he's not in town. He's not home right now. So yeah. He has his microphone on him. But I wanted him to be on this episode, so he's here. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this week's episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. Be sure to join us next week and every week as we continue to discuss, dissect, and deconstruct each brand new episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Season 16. So for Nathan Patrick Brown and myself. Oh, and Evan Ayers. It's chocolate. Thank you for listening to Drag Race Recap. Have something to say? Leave us a voicemail at speakpipe.com slash afterthoughtmedia. You can also email us at dragracerecap at afterthought.media. For more Drag Race and LGBTQ content, support us over at patreon.com slash afterthoughtmedia. This podcast was produced by Zach Birch. Nathan Brown has another podcast. It's called Bravo, Bravo, Effing Bravo. You can find it wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow Nathan Brown on Instagram at NathanBrown90. Follow Jobatance on Instagram at Jobatance. Special thanks to these expensive tier Patreon supporters. Alex S. Anonymous. April Pacheco. Astute Girl. Brad Coley. Vilsket Pony, Deckhead, Doofus Maximus, E. Smith, Elizabeth Tinner, Emma, Humble Pie, Isaac Martin, Jade Thomas Plank, Jesse Harris, Kathy Zender, Lauren Eckert, Lucy Carrasco, Luke Stamen, Mike Yeager, Mickey Baker, Poppy Woods, Ricardo the Hoodetta, Robert NYC, Sarah Yu, Runner Brandon, Tom Bombs, Travi Cosmos, Troy Anderson, and Zach Nelson. Drag Race Recap is an Afterthought Media podcast. <laughs>